Hello, hello, assalamualaikum, and peace be upon you, everyone. This is your host, Hera Faruqi, and welcome back to our third episode of Myth Unscripted. Today's episode, I'm very happy to introduce Nawal Salam. Nawal is an actress, filmmaker, content developer, community organizer, and arts educator in Canada, and she has her Master's of Fine Arts in Documentary Media. Hello, Nawal. It's so lovely to have you here. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I have so many questions for you over all the initiatives that you've started. <laughs> Um, and I'm so excited to dive right into it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead as a, I'm going to do the main topic for today's episode. I really wanted to focus on um, being a hijabi actress. And I know you've done so a lot of work on that and you've even created some organizations. I want to start with the organization, which is Greenlight Productions. Uh, tell us a little bit about it and tell us how um, your identity inspired you to create an organization like that. Yeah, so... Um... Wow, a lot of my stories are always starting off with um, lots of no's. So I wanted to study theater when I got into university. That was my dream. Um, and I think a lot of the fear within my community, and it was a lot of Muslims, um, was that how are you going to act um, while still being Muslim? Now, at the time, I didn't wear the hijab. I was Muslim, though. And people were worried that I would have to, you know, like kiss someone or take off my clothes. And they were like, absolutely not. Don't do it. Forget about it. It's just not the career for you. Um, and I was devastated. And I ended up studying studying something that I didn't like for four years. I actually pushed through and I did it. But while I was studying, um, and during my undergraduate undergraduate degree, I um, I kind of just had an epiphany one day, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna showcase Muslim plays at York University, and that was my idea. I'm like, I'm just gonna do it. Like, what's the big deal? So then I speak to this like theater manager at York, and they're like, yeah, you can totally do it. You just need eight thousand dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Where am I going to get $8,000 from? York at the time gave people $800. So I was like, okay, how do I, how do I do this? So I started my own Muslim drama club called Greenlight Productions. And what I decided to do was every two weeks, we would have an open mic night. And so I opened it up so that you can either perform a scene so you can act, you can read a short story out loud, you can do spoken word, whatever you wanted. I kept it relatively open. And instead of putting on plays, I thought, okay, why don't we do a film showcase? Because we can record things with like, DSLRs or um, digital cameras, or we can um, use our phones. And so yeah. we um, we went the, um, for a cheaper alternative to performance and, and creating drama and, and work. And so that's kind of where the idea started. It was just my dream to do that and a lot of no's. And then, um, and then me feeling like, no, it just, it can't be. Yeah. It's crazy because that's very similar to the story that we to our story for starting the Muslim International Film Festival so right? <laughs> very crazy to hear that and it's amazing to see that we have like-minded people out there and the inspiration to get Muslims in film or in theater is always strong by the fact that there's a lack of it um, mm -hmm. and it's amazing to see that we have people like you and like the rest of my team who are out there trying their best to actually take action and change that. I wanted to go into a little bit more about uh, some of the performance that you, performances that you saw at Greenlights Productions or, or these like uh, open mic shows that you had, what what was the main sort of content that you tend to, tend to see from Muslim creators? You know, when I was doing my club, I found that a lot of people actually were more so into um, spoken word when it came to performance art and, um, and I guess more so filmmaking. I think like acting was something that still was a bit foreign and I still do think it is um, with Muslims. Um, 
in particular, like I feel like people will go into storytelling and writing and and that kind of creativity and filmmaking because it's nice and, and fun and techie. But when it mm-hmm. comes to like the actual craft of of acting and and scene work and stuff, that was something that I mean, I aspired to have a lot more of, but it wasn't a lot of the content that I I saw when I was when I had my student club, interestingly enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? With spoken word, it's really funny because I started off with spoken word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's so crazy how that's kind that. of that's usually the first thing I find that honestly Muslims tend to go to because you know yeah. besides the fact that we're first generation immigrants there's also the like you were saying like how do we keep it halal and mm-hmm. uh, I think when we look at spoken word we're just like okay this is so halal this is something I can do <laughs> you know? right and I think that's and, why you see a lot of Muslims there yeah and it's like rooted in justice and in a lot of the work that yeah. we do so we can kind of just blatantly say like hey this is wrong whereas I feel like acting is because you're reading from a script you're at the mercy of the script writer right and so mm-hmm. like you have to find things that work or you have to write stuff yourself and stuff like in a in a narrative form and so I guess spoken word is just a it's an easier way for advocacy and performance oh yeah definitely yeah. It, it literally goes hand in hand I really want to talk about uh, I was lucky enough to uh, to actually watch the documentary film that you made keep dreaming kiddo it's yeah. uh it was very beautiful very beautifully well, well done from you, not just your perspective but bringing in other people's perspectives too which is so important to bring in um what was I know you did this uh at Ryerson for your yeah. documentary media program uh mm-hmm. but what inspired you to first of all go ahead with it and what did you learn in the process yeah great So this also starts off with another big no. (laughs) So after I graduated from York University, I uh, came across this crossroads in my life and I said, okay, do I do communications and work nine to five or do I actually pursue something like Greenlight, which is in acting or film? So I applied to film school and I applied to theater school. I didn't get into theater school. I got into film school and I didn't think it was a big deal or it was any different, which by the way, it is. (laughs) Acting is physical, (laughs) filmmaking is technical. Um, But I got into film school And that's when I decided to wear the hijab. So what I did was I was pursuing film school and then I was taking acting classes on the side. And then um, I wasn't happy with film school. Like nobody understood the importance of diversity. And when they did, it was just so cliche and like not good enough. And, um, And then in my acting classes, I had an acting teacher that asked me a couple of times if I could take off my hijab to play a role, which made me feel really uncomfortable. And so I decided for myself, you know what, I quit. I'm not going to be an artist. I'm not going to be an actress. I just want to like finish this and move on with my life. So a way that I wanted to finish it was I, I started my master's and I told myself, okay, Noel, this might be the last time you'll hold a camera. So why don't you just like I don't know, make a a bunch of little skits and you can act in it and then you can make your film and then move on. Um, And so that is where the idea started. And then my supervisors obviously shut it down because they're like, that's not a documentary if you're acting. So they're like, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you um, document you trying to get an agent or landing a role, like whatever comes first and compare it with two other actresses and see like the kind of opportunities and limitations. And so I was like, yeah, okay, I'm ready to expose the industry and all the racists that are not gonna, you know, get me. Um, And surprisingly enough, you know, um, through the film, I was actually able to get an agent and I'm still an actress, I guess I never quit. And it was kind of through this, this journey of wanting to quit in the beginning, but then you know, through my curiosity and my and my documentary and my process, I was actually still able to stick to my dreams, which is such a blessing, alhamdulillah. That's amazing. It's, it's really amazing <laughs> to see that you went into the documentary thinking of something else, but it really changed yeah. the outcome, which is 
a lot of people don't understand uh, I'm into documentary film as well actually so Yay. a lot of people don't understand how crazy it is that how documentaries and following a story could literally change your perspective and your life yeah. and it's it's it's, it's a full time it's a full time mm-hmm. gig when you're doing documentary it's not just you're doing the film and, and you're out you're doing the yeah. film and then you have so much it forget post production there's just so much more that goes with it afterwards so it's amazing yeah. to see that that was your experience as well and I know in the documentary you you explained a couple times about how um there was one particular teacher that you had for a couple of classes and she asked you and you've just mentioned right now she asked you multiple times to take your Mm -hmm. hijab off what was what was that experience like for you despite the fact that you clearly said no a couple times so So the first time she asked like I get it because I um I remember going into another acting class as well and they they asked right off the bat so can you take it off (laughs) which is annoying but um I for the sake of education I'll be like no but this teacher in particular um the second time no she uh, it was either the second or the third time but the way she asked too was just so bad because she prefaced it by saying like listen I get that anyone can do everything and that's the thing right now but I just don't imagine this character being religious now let me tell you what this character was okay let me explain to you this is a microaggression yeah right well there's that and you're like it's just awful but let me explain this character this is a woman who um had premarital sex got pregnant and her parents um wanted essentially forced her to marry the guy that impregnated her right so this is a story that you can look at and be like see she had sex so she's not muslim but what i see is like a situation where why would the parents force her to marry somebody that impregnated her that sounds very ethnic right like that sounds sounds like oh my god yeah right because it's like I don't want like maybe they didn't want her to abort the baby sounds like a religious ethnic issue right like oh we don't want people to know that you had sex and got pregnant how do we hide that let's get you quickly married right like all of these little things that like sounds like something that would be very interesting if it was played by a Muslim but uh, aside from that too like there's ways to navigate something like that like she could have said I don't imagine this character being Muslim but do you feel comfortable wearing a hoodie or a hat? Like, how could we do this so you feel comfortable? And she didn't even offer that. She just was like, can you take it off, please? And that was really frustrating. And I was just like, you make me not want to do this craft. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what's crazy is that it, it just it goes to show that she hasn't been around many Muslims or she hasn't seen a lot of Muslim representation because that storyline, there are so yeah. many Pakistani and Indian and, and, and African yeah. shows about that exact storyline. <laughs> About yeah about someone having premarital sex and then getting married <laughs> there's so yeah, many exactly. movies and films already about that that is literally the majority of our storyline <laughs> yeah exactly. So, so it's crazy to see that how the lack of representation literally mm-hmm. affects your educational uh streams and also just like your mm-hmm. your professional streams it's just seeing that like downfall is just crazy I know it's not the best position to be in um obviously nobody wants to go through a, a sort of like a career where you're constantly um, not judge based on your talents, you're judged based on your your physical appearance, and nobody wants to go through it. But it's amazing to see that you're still standing strong, and you're 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 not just doing this for yourself. You're you're having your Greenlight Productions. It's it's literally a community and a a little uh, I would say a committee made specifically for people like you, for people like us. So it's amazing to see that you're not just fighting for yourself, you're fighting for others too. And even if you didn't have that community, if you were out there just doing this, do your own roles, there's an effect that's that's gonna positively affect other Muslim women as well, hijabi Muslim actors as well. Because once they see you, 
um, and, and the work that you do, we'll be able to see so many more. And I feel like I'm blabbering on, but thank you for taking that first step. We really desperately need, need these, uh, those kind of pioneers in our industry. Um, which takes me to a couple of other questions. I, I read an article about you and it said something about one a very horrible experience that you had uh, during yeah. an audition. I'll just go ahead and explain it. But um, an acting instructor, instructor said that your black hijab and your headshot reminded them of the ISIS flag. Sorry to repeat it. I'm sorry to even, yeah. I'm sorry that even happened to you, but would you be able to walk us through that experience a little bit? Yeah. So that was an article that I wrote for Now Toronto myself. Um, and that was, um, God, I wish, you know, honestly, I wish I was like, I, I, first of all, I don't like wish to be famous or anything like that, but sometimes I'm like, I wish more people knew who I was so I can say this person's name. So nobody can go to his studio. But, um, this instructor basically had this thing that he does with all actors where he looks at headshots and then gives advice. And he did it for me in a very sneaky way. He looked at my headshot and pointed to it and he said, Oh, I wouldn't wear the black. And um, I said, oh, okay, why? And he says to me, because their flag is black. So he didn't say ISIS. He didn't say terrorists, but he said it in a way that he's not saying it out loud in front of everyone, but he knew that I was cluing into what he said. And so I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, you know, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I would just like try a different color or something. He was awful, by the way, in so many other ways, like on the last day of class, I should just disclose this. I've never talked about it. But on the last day of class, like he called me fat in front of everyone. And like, oh he, he didn't say it like that. Yeah, he was awful. But he, um, he, he was trying to give advice on voice. And he goes, you have a really big body, maybe you can find air somewhere in there which doesn't make any sense because you get air from your lungs, not from your arm fat or whatever thing he's like logically thinking of. And the reason why I say this is because there was another actress who was white, blonde, beautiful, skinny. And when he said it to her, he said, oh, you see how your shoulders are touching your ears? That means that you need to do voice lessons. So I thought to myself like, wow, like my shoulders weren't touching my ears. Like you felt the need to call me big. Like he was just he was not it. And I have so many more examples of just like awful things that he said. And it's really frustrating, you know, being marginalized, being Muslim, wearing a hijab, mm. being not as like known or famous enough to talk about this person and like his beliefs and the fact that he has like one of the top schools. And it's like, why? Why? It is. It's so awful. Can't wait to expose him one day. I I really hope you do because nobody <laughs> can see my reaction. But no, you're looking at me. I'm literally holding my head. My mouth dropped as you're telling yeah. this, this oh my gosh it's so terrible and it's crazy to me because so I went to Ryerson uh, School of Journalism as well and um, the program it's, it's been a it's been a topic of discussion for a really long time but a lot of these programs whether it's media production whether it's journalism uh, whether it's theater or you've done your master's in documentary media as well it there's probably like a handful of people of color in there mm-hmm. um, and it's so reflective in the ways you usually see your teachers teach as well uh, where mm-hmm. the the perspective of a person of color is so like rare to them, like, yeah, very basic, and they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, I never thought of that," and you're like, "Oh my gosh," <laughs> you're like, "Yeah, that's like my everyday." Like, thanks, yeah. but okay. <laughs> but it's so crazy to see that the way, um, again, like I said earlier, the way the we see the media that is exactly reflective of our classrooms. Our classrooms yeah. are literally like the same way. Like we're, we're, we don't just see these stereotypes play out on media and, and all of that or, or outside. It's within our classrooms coming from 
the mouths of the people who are teaching us so mm-hmm. again I'm so sorry you went through that it's just it literally blew my mind like it, it's especially the way it's done it's very like again they're microaggressions that are so out there but they're only vividly out there to the person who is going th- is going through it yeah. and everyone else in the room probably is just going to go over their head yeah I really hope you do Expose yeah. <laughs> um yeah <laughs> <laughs> going going forward um did you want to talk about any other experiences that you spoke you you experienced as a because you do have a very unique experience as a uh, muslim hijabi actor um is is there any other experience that you want to bring light to want to let people know how could as a non-hijabi muslim or just as as non-muslims in the industry how can we help uplift you wow that's a good question <laughs> um you know i think the um the issue is that it's not a quick fix, right? I think that a lot of times in the industry, we do want to do these little quick fixes as like, maybe we'll just do a little cast here of like, you'll be the the nurse that has a line here or like, oh, fine, we'll put a character in, but she's experiencing Islamophobia or something. Again, that's not the fix that we need. And so I think the way that we can combat this issue is from all sides. So for example, we need writers that are Muslim, um, that can speak to the story in a nuanced way. Because as an actress, for example, like if I have to read a role and it's actually written for like a white girl, for example, but they're like, oh, let's diversify and put Nawal in it. Um, she, there might be behaviors that I can't do. And so it's not written in a way that I can uh, perform it, but also as an actress, like I only have so much of a say, like I'm the last person that gets hired, right? And so it has to kind of start from top down. But On the flip side, sometimes people write stories about Muslims and Muslim women and hijabis, and there aren't any actors in the talent pool that can play the role. And so then you have people that like put on the hijab, it's not done properly, you know, or they're doing things that like, again, hijabis don't carry themselves in that way or do certain behaviors. So I think that um, we need a kind of holistic approach to this situation, which goes from We need more actors, more Muslim actors, hijabi actors, and then we need more Muslims that are going to write the stories. Um, And I just want to follow it up and say that one of the biggest fears is this idea of like, I don't want to compromise. I'm afraid they're going to ask me to do something that they don't want me to do or I don't want to do. And to that, I say, first of all, nobody's going to put a gun to your head. So you're allowed to say no. And second of all, if you feel like I'm going to lose opportunities because I'm saying no, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay, Um, especially if you're Muslim. And I'm going to get a little spiritual here. As long as you have God, you have everything. That like no opportunity in the world is worth giving up that connection and and that kind of love that you have of God and respect and and need to, um, you know, worship him and obey him by wearing the hijab. And I just want to say, I've wanted to be an actress since I was 16. I got my first acting role at 26. And the first role that I got, the director specifically said to me, I was looking for a hijabi, right? And I I think to myself, yeah, it took 10 years, but it was worth it. I didn't have to compromise. And the first role that I got, it came with such honor and respect. And so keep saying no to the things that make you uncomfortable, to the things that you feel like you'll have to compromise. And I promise you, if you're doing it for God and for the right reasons, you're going to get that opportunity and you're going to like sigh, you know, a sigh of relief and just say like, Alhamdulillah, it, it, it was worth everything. I got goosebumps and I've been smiling while you've been saying that because it's so, <laughs> it's so true um, in the sense that when you go into it with the right intention, same, like 
I'm not sure if you've, you've um, a lot of people have heard their first couple of episodes in our podcast, but the same thing mm-hmm. happened with us as a team. We knew we had the right intentions. We had to uh, go through so many different avenues to make a film festival for Muslims happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure it's halal. Make sure it's it's, it's for the for our audience. And when it happens, it's just it's like you know God is by your side. It's like you can feel the spiritual presence, and yeah. that is worth all the knows that you can uh, that you can yeah. give out. So it's it's yeah. nice to see. I, that was actually going to be my next question. I was going to ask that <laughs> you know you prioritize um, balancing your Islamic, not just being a Muslim, not just your Muslim identity, mm-hmm. but Islam as well, um, yeah. and and acting as a career. Um, are there any challenges that you faced or um, what was the most rewarding part of it? You did go over it a little bit, but maybe uh, if you can focus on one particular moment um, that you realize that, you know, you're doing the right thing and you really liked that, that you took this approach. Well, I mean, honestly, it's just like, it's funny. It's almost like all the times I've tried to run away from my dreams, it always comes back to me, right? Like, even when I said, no, like, I'm not going to do theater, fine, I'll do English and writing. And it came back to me through green light you know all of the times where you know i i wore a hijab and i i i remember distinctly telling myself noel you you might lose opportunities um and that's okay because you have god and then you know still got to go to film school still got to act you know um i was like i'm gonna quit again and then got my agent and so it's like i i feel like sometimes no matter how much I try to run away from it, God is like, no, <laughs> not this time kind of thing. And so I just kind of try to remind myself of that, no matter how, um, how difficult it gets. And also, you know, I'm glad I've got it at this point in my life, right? I'm glad I got acting and opportunities at a point in my life where, um, you know, I'm engaging with the hijab or I'm engaging with the, the Quran and, and praying and fasting and stuff like that. I think to myself, like, God, imagine if I did become an actress at 16, you know, like, what would I have said yes to? What would I have compromised? And now, like, my faith is unshakable. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Say no to me. I don't, I- I'm gonna, like, not have money. I don't care kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think it's just really interesting. Like it's, it's my faith that the stronger I get in it, it's like almost like the more opportunities come my way because I'm just so convicted in what I believe in. What you just said right now, it, it, I feel like it resonates with a lot of people in the fact that when we're younger and with the opportunities that we get, then a lot of times we're just pushed around. And if, especially yeah. if we're not confident in who we are, um, I've all, like, I've also come in a place, like in a place in my life where I'm just like, I'm so much more confident than I was before. And all the opportunities that I get now, I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't get it then. I'm so glad right? I didn't get it back then. So yeah. glad it's coming to me now because I wouldn't have had the confidence to mm-hmm. say no to what I should have been saying no to. So yeah. it's, it's amazing to see the growth. And, and I think that's what, especially, uh, I've had this conversation before where it's in an industry like filmmaking and acting, imposter syndrome is so, huh. um, so prominent in, in our lives. And it's so important to get your opportunities where when you're confident in yourself and and mm. it's amazing to see a, a story just like that this is going to resonate with so many actors where where you're getting the opportunities that you wanted where you're in a better place in your life and mm-hmm. that's that's what you need to remind yourself when you're always thinking like oh I'm not good enough uh, for this role I'm not good enough for this career they're coming inshallah they're yeah, coming <laughs> for my last question for this episode I really wanted to talk about how you don't want to see just Islamophobic roles for hijabi Muslim women mm-hmm. to do little roles about Islamophobia or or a little like role of a of a nurse uh, doing a line of a nurse but what what sort of roles do you want to see because a lot of the times the roles 
are made for you, right? Like you said, an actor yeah. doesn't have that much say. So what kind of rules mm-hmm. do you want to see? Where do you see yourself fitting in? Um, and what kind of rules can people create for yeah. this moment? Well, my dream role is, um, I always say this, my dream role is to be in a Batman film because um, Ooh, like, okay. I love it. And, you know, for the longest time, I was like, I want to play Scarecrow. But recently, I realized I want to play Harley Quinn. And if you think about it, I know this is a radical thing to throw out in the universe. But Mm -hmm. Harley Quinn is an insanely smart woman who gets played by a Joker. Like, how is that not like every girl's experience? Like, I'm like, (laughs) you know what? Also, if you Google a Harley Quinn cartoon, she kind of is like in a hijab and like hair on pants. It's loose. It's halal. Anyways. So that's my fun answer. I want to be in Batman. But um, God, what a plethora of experiences that women could be. Like another dream of mine is to play a boxer, you know, in a film. Um, One of the dreams I have is actually to play a dancer. So I'm South Asian. I'm Indian and um, Indian Pakistani. So I grew up on Bollywood, right? And so there's, uh, there's an element of dance and performance. And I would be curious to see how we could do that with Muslims and hijabis in a way that's not like sensual and stuff, but actually fun and playful. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I think fantasy is also such a great genre because it's not real. Aliens aren't real, right? Like all of the sci-fi mm-hmm. isn't real. And so that's such a great place to play with costume and like, how do we cover bodies in a way that's interesting? How do we tell stories that is uh, way more inclusive and stuff like that? Um, oh, and I also love sci-fi, like Ex Machina is like one of my favorite films. And so I've always wanted to play a scientist as well. And so, yeah, the sky's the limit, right? Um, anything anything that's acting I think Muslim women and Muslims should be able to play anything except for like maybe like a Baywatch babe or something like that like (laughs) you know or like those super hot 007 you know Charlie's Angels like maybe not that but everything else is fair game and you know what it's 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 interesting that you say like you know sci-fi and fantasy and all of these different genres Mm -hmm. because it's literally not real like we could really work with that (laughs) we could really work with that but I feel like the industry refuses to but Mm-hmm. It's, it's good to hear like that's again like I'm someone who I, I used to wear the hijab but I don't anymore and I this wouldn't have come to my mind I'm not even in acting yeah. so this wouldn't have come to mind to me it was like oh maybe you can work around it right um mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about like I guess even as Muslims we think that like okay if you're a Muslim you're gonna have a Muslim character or or maybe yeah. Aladdin or, <laughs> or something oh, yeah. like that right so but it's 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 interesting to have these conversations where you know that there's other avenues to go to if, mm-hmm. if, if we're making films about something that's not even real why not yeah. work around it and work around our identities with it? All right. On that note, I'm going to co- come to the end of our episodes. Thank you so much, Nawal Salim, for joining us in today. It's been a pleasure talking to you and your experiences, bringing light to it. So make sure you all check out Nawal Salim at facebook.com slash artist Nawal Salim and nawalsalim.com. So that is N-A-W-A-L-S-A-L-I-M. If you have any recommendations for us or if you want to join us on our next podcast episode, make sure you DM us at Instagram at M-U-S-L-I-M-I-N-T-L Film Fest. Thank you for tuning in to Myth Unscripted. I'm your host, Farah Faruqi. Peace be upon you and assalamu alaikum.